What's going on, everyone? Welcome into the PFN Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kyle Yates, and I am your host. I can be found on Twitter at KyleYNFL. I am joined here today on this fine Monday morning by Derek Tate. You can be found on Twitter at DerekTateNFL. And our special guest here for this Waiver Wire Podcast episode is Alex Caruso. He can be found on Twitter at Alex Caruso. Alex, I will start with you first. Derek, I'll come back to you. How are our week one fantasy football matchups looking? How was it to watch some TV on the on the uh, or football on the TV on Sunday? I think there were some for me, there was obviously some hits, some hits, some misses. There was some good and some bad, like pretty much every fantasy football week. But all I could feel was just pure elation all day watching NFL football. I did not move from my couch from the entirety of the day. And it was just great to see football being played, lots of games and just looking at fantasy Twitter and seeing all the takes that were coming out minute by minute for 12 hours. It felt like Derek, how was this experience for you yesterday, my friend? Does anybody else have the YouTube TV multi-viewer going all at once? Yes. Oh my goodness. It, it has enhanced my experience. Like I thought I loved NFL Sunday ticket. Now that I can get four games all at once and it's so easy to stream which audio one you want to hear, you know, so you avoid those uh, commercials. Oh goodness me. It, it was, uh, it was, I was in heaven until DeAndre Swift played. So. <laughs> I, this was my first time, like normally over the past several years, I've been watching NFL Red Zone. Like that's been my main viewing experience, all that sort of stuff. I've got YouTube TV, I've got Sunday Ticket. I was actually a little bit overwhelmed with how much activity there was going on. I was like, I don't even know where to look. Where do I look? Where do I, <laughs> all this, it was, it was a little bit crazy, but it was a ton of fun to have actual football on the TV to get some results here from the takes that we've been spitting out here over the past couple months. And now we have stuff to react to and we have some things that we need to talk about. So let's get into it. Let's talk about JK Dobbins here. JK Dobbins tearing his Achilles. Unfortunately, he looked like he was in line for a monster performance against the Houston Texans tears his Achilles he is now out for the year we will talk here about the backfield in Baltimore we're going to get right into it I think it's a perfect segue to talk about these running back rankings we'll talk about Gus Edwards we'll talk about Justice Hill I think from a dynasty standpoint you obviously need to downgrade JK Dobbins there's really not anything groundbreaking there let's talk about those those running backs here in just a second let's get into the running back rankings though Derek, I'm going to start with you. What we're going to do is we're going to walk through our top five. We're going to each of us, each of you are going to present your top five running back waiver wire rankings. We're going to go back and forth. We're going to talk about these players. And then, of course, providing just sort of a what sort of percentage of your fab would you be looking to spend on these guys? Are these 25% of your fab here in week one, which is a major amount, 50%? Like, are these guys that you have to go pick up or are these guys that eight to 10%? You kind of want to dip your toes in the water of the fab. You don't want to waste it all away on these guys. Let's start out here at number five running back for you, Derek. Who is that player? Yeah, I, we still saw a huge workload for Cam Akers. And I've actually been a, a, a Cam Akers truther. Uh, been someone that you think you get this guy in the middle round. I think he's going to see a lot of volume. And I was not really scared of anybody else on the roster until today. So seeing Kyron Williams get 15 carries. Yeah, he wasn't overly efficient, 52 yards. But he did find Pater twice. Um you know, you got to be a little bit concerned now that this is either going to be a committee or is there a real chance that Kyron Williams steals this backfield from Cam Akers? I think it's within the range of possibilities. So I would say somewhere, but I'm dipping my toe in the water. I would say somewhere between eight to 10%. I'm not going to, you know, blow my entire fab on Kyron Williams after a week one performance. Alex, where does Kyron Williams land in the waiver wire rankings for you? Is he, is he within your top five? 
Yeah, he would definitely be like my my number two running back overall and probably my number three pickup as far as waivers go. I mean, I was shocked that like all they did all most of the offseason was talking about Cam Akers, their guy. And then we started to see reports in the last few weeks that maybe they they want Kyron Williams more involved. And then we saw him see 65 percent of the snaps and over 70 percent of the passing down work. And I think a team that's going to be trailing in a lot of games, that passing down work is going to be really valuable. And I think that Kyron Williams just looked a little bit more efficient and more explosive. I'd probably be willing to put him more in like the 15 to 20 percent range of, of fab right now, because I think that he could be the lead running back that we wanted Cam Akers to be this season. So going back to the offseason and dynasty rookie rankings and all that sort of stuff from last year. I absolutely loved Kyron Williams coming out of Notre Dame. I thought that he was an incredibly well-rounded running back. Obviously, he had his size to worry about. He had the athleticism concerns, and we saw that play out at the NFL Combine. But as far as what he can do as a pass catcher and also as a pass protector was absolutely phenomenal. Now, he fell in the NFL draft because of that, those athleticism concerns. Didn't really do a ton last year, but I believe that the talent is there. So I'm more in line with Alex here. I think that he is a priority pickup for me. He's at running back two on the week. We'll talk about who's at running back one later, but Kyron Williams... I mean, in that first half, JJ Zacharyson, good friend of the podcast, tweeted this out. He outsnapped Cam Akers 26 to 4 uh, within that first half. So this is an indication. And then Cam Akers worked his way onto the field because of that lopsided score. So I think I think Kyron Williams is more of a priority pickup in my estimation because I'm a believer in the talent. And also, like you said, Alex, that team is going to be playing from behind. There's an opportunity there as the pass catching back there. Uh, Alex, let's go back over to you. Who is number five running back to pick up this week? Yeah, my number five pickup this week is probably my weakest pickup that I would probably be putting less than 5% of my budget on, and that's got to be Joshua Kelly. I mean, one of the interesting things about this new Chargers offense, the fact they talked about that they wanted to establish a run game. Don't forget, this is Kellen Moore, and they kind of used a two-back system the last couple of years with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard. And the fact that they said they wanted to establish the run game and they sit Austin Eckler a little bit more, Josh Kelly ended up seeing like almost half the snaps. I mean, he had, he had 50, over 15 carries this game. He had 90 rushing yards. I think that he's somebody that in an offense like this could be really valuable, especially if they continue to want to establish the run and pound the ball. I would probably only be willing to put 1% to 2%. Uh, but I think that he's somebody that's really interesting that could have weekly standalone value if they continue to give him the work like we saw this week. So I've been doing this now for several years, and uh, it's a annual occurrence that we are talking about Joshua Kelly as a waiver wire pickup because it's just every single year we're talking about him on these waiver wire podcasts. But that workload, you can't ignore that from yesterday. Derek, where does Joshua Kelly land in your waiver wire rankings? Yeah, he does land in my top five, and he's at number four. So Alex and I are pretty close. I, I'm, I'm certainly not a full-on believer in Joshua Kelly, but certainly he popped yesterday and in an offense that Alex already kind of alleviated to that used two backs there in Dallas. I don't think he's going to be shy about having two backs that, you know, have differing skill sets to give defenses different looks. And if we expect this offense to continue to score, you know, in the thirties on a regular basis throughout this season, could Joshua Kelly's 10 carries be more efficient and more effective than high volume guys on bad offenses? Yeah. So I'm probably more around the like, you know, five to 10% range of, of my fab, you know, um, budget, but I'm still pretty intrigued, uh, because you know, we expected that Dolphins defense to, to be pretty good, you know, with Vic Vangio there in town now, and they got, they got tuned up pretty nice on the ground and through the air. But, um, yeah, Joshua Kelly is certainly within my top five, uh, right there at, at number four, uh, heading into the week. 
All right, so we talked about J.K. Dobbins. Obviously, a terrible situation that he is going to miss the rest of this year coming back from that torn Achilles. Let's talk about this Baltimore backfield. Derek, who is at running back three on the week for you? Yeah, so I'm definitely understanding why most folks are going to lean towards going with Justice Hill as the priority pickup in this backfield, right? Because he found the end zone twice, but he saw just as many carries as Gus Edwards. And Edwards was a bit more efficient on the ground, which I expect in comparison between him and Justice Hill. Uh, Still saw eight carries, 32 yards. Uh, He's been in this backfield for a while. They trust him. Now, granted, Justice Hill does have the pass-catching skill set that you know Gus Edwards pretty much does not possess so in PPR formats maybe it's a a little bit closer as far as uh, or maybe even switch them but I definitely think Gus Edwards is and Justice Hill are both worth a look uh, and willing to spend somewhere around you know 15 to 20 percent of my budget um pretty pretty aggressive to try to get myself a piece of that Ravens backfield that's now completely up for grabs Alex let's go over to you is Gus Edwards at number three for you or do you have another Baltimore Ravens running back yeah, I think that Justice Hill is probably my my waiver pickup over Gus Edwards. And it's just the fact for the same reasons that I was in on J.K. Dobbins is that all they've been talking about all offseason is how they want to feature a pass catching running back in this new Todd Monken offense. I think that's why Justice Hill outsnapped Gus Edwards, who has had just 24 targets and 53 career games. And I think that, again, at best, it's just hoping that Gus Edwards falls into the end zone every single week. I think that Justice Hill maybe has a little bit more upside if he continues to see the ball, especially when they're going to be trailing in some games. All right, let's keep moving here. Uh, Derek, let's throw it back over to you here. Who is your running uh, second running back that you were looking to pick up this week? See, I, I've i been saying all offseason, I've been so high on Roshan Johnson, right? So he's already on my teams. He's not on any waiver wires for me anyway. But according to Yahoo, he's still available in over 50% of leagues. So he's got to make this list for me. And if he's not on your team already, I'm definitely willing to throw you know 20 to 25% uh, of my budget, if not more so on getting a piece of Roshan Johnson on my bench. Now, granted, a lot of his snap share and his touches came on the final drive of the game, but he proved exactly why I think he should be on your roster in the first place. He is the best pass catching back on this roster, and I, I don't think it's really close between him, Dante Foreman, and Khalil Herbert. I think he he's going to be featured on angry runs in week number one. I mean, just running over a Packers safety. It doesn't matter that's the last drive of the game. This guy runs with authority, and he runs with decisiveness so I actually thought that he scored on that touchdown reception I didn't think his foot was out of bounds doesn't matter they gave it to him a play or two later he punches it in from inside the two-yard line Roshan Johnson I think you're going to continue to see his role expand I think Foreman is going to be phased out of this offense pretty quickly and if he continues to do this in the passing game and gives you that upside as a rusher I'm telling you Khalil Herbert his lead status in this backfield is in jeopardy Alex, does Roshan Johnson crack the top five for you? Yeah, Roshan Johnson is my number one waiver running back for this week. I think that he's the person to target. I know that Derek mentioned that a lot of his snaps did come in the final drive, but I think it's more of a projection of what this is going to look like. We saw the athletic report that they think that Roshan Johnson could take over this backfield within the first few weeks of the season. And the fact that he already led the backfield in snaps, he looked like the best pass catcher. And watching the game, I watched a lot of that game. I thought he looked by far the most explosive of those running backs. I like Khalil Herbert, but the fact that he looked that good this early in the season says to me that his role is only going to grow. I think Deontay Foreman gets phased out, and for that reason, I'd be trying to put about 25% of my budget as well on someone like Roshan Johnson. 
This is the balance of waiver wire rankings and trying to figure out, do you need that short term? And we'll get into this more later on in the season as we talk about bye weeks and finding these bye week fill-ins. Do you need that one week person, that person that can step in this next week and can contribute right away? In week one, it's more of, let's find the guys that have that long-term outlook that got the rules that we didn't anticipate. And Roshan Johnson is more of that long-term projection for both of you at number two for Derek and at number one on the week for Alex. Let's go back to Derek, your number one running back. Who is that on the week? Speaking of roles, I didn't anticipate my, the number one player on my list hurts my soul because it feels like I'm already giving up on Deandre Swift, but the snaps are the snaps. We got to go with the information that we got. And from what we saw in week number one, Kenneth Gainwell is the running back to play from this Philadelphia backfield. So, yeah, I mean, it wasn't a huge rushing performance, but I didn't expect one against that New England defense. New England is one of the is actually one of the better top 10 units against, you know, styming opposing rushing attacks. So I didn't expect that. But his involvement in the passing game, the fact that it wasn't DeAndre Swift who, you know, recorded four receptions out of this backfield, the fact that it was <laughs> Kenneth Gainwell, the only person to see double-digit carries out of this backfield. We saw the preseason reports. I was skeptical. I just thought maybe they were playing, holding their cards close to the chest. But it turns out his run with the ones during preseason and, and training camp was legitimate. And we have to take it as such. Even if we don't think Kenneth Gainwell is as great a player as I think Roshan Johnson could be, this offense and situation certainly warrants a him to be a priority pickup. Uh, because he's available in over 50% of Yahoo leagues. So for me, he's the number one guy. I'd be willing to go somewhere between 25 to 30% of my fab uh, to make sure I get a piece of this backfield because I do think it's going to be a very explosive offense here in 2023. Alex, where does Kenneth Gainwell land for you in the waiver wire rankings? Maybe I'm, I'm just bitter. Uh, he's my number four running back. Maybe he should be higher. But I, I think that he's just going to be in trouble throughout the season when you have Rashad Penny and DeAndre Swift on the team. I know that people are not going to appreciate me saying that, but DeAndre Swift was like one of the most efficient running backs in the NFL last year. He has been over the last couple of years. I mean, Rashad Penny, when healthy, has been like arguably like the best runner in the entire NFL. So when we've seen like all of one really good game from Kenneth Gainwell in his career, and then you have these guys that are efficiency monsters when they're healthy and they're playing on the field, I just can't put him higher than number four. Again, he still has to be on the list. He's still worth 5 to 10% because he could be the lead guy all year. But, I mean, Derek knows it. I know it. I think DeAndre Swift is definitely the best running back in that backfield. And I think with by, you know, the next few weeks that he's going to be the guy that takes over for me. But, again, maybe I am just bitter. <laughs> I will I will say Kenneth Gainwell is at RB1 on the week in my waiver wire rankings currently. I think that he showed that he's got this role, at least for the short term. Like, he's got this role locked up. I don't see that changing Rashad Penny just not involved whatsoever. DeAndre Swift, not really involved whatsoever either. And to have the RB1 in one of the league's best offenses, I mean, he produced yesterday in a, you know, not necessarily a dramatic fashion, but up against the Patriots defense that is historically pretty stout. So I'm going to go with Kenneth Gainwell there as my number one option as well. As we look at the other running backs here, we are running a little bit tight. We got to get to wide receivers, obviously. So let's go here with some of the other running backs to consider picking up. Tank Bigsby, Jalen Warren, Devon A-Chain. Uh, we look at Deion Jackson, Zach Moss, Sean Tucker. These are other players that you could pick up, but based on what the advice that these two gentlemen have provided would be lower than 5% fab bids, not necessarily guys that you should be running out there to go pick up. Let's go to the wide receiver position. Derek, let's go to your number five 
wide receiver to pick up this week. Yeah, this isn't this is a guy that probably isn't going to show up on a whole lot of lists, and that's fine. But I've been a huge believer in Josh Downs being a very NFL ready made slot receiver heading into the National Football League. Sure, his line of three catches for 30 yards is nothing that's going to like jump off the page. It's more watching his role expand as Anthony Richardson continues to grow as a quarterback, get more comfortable in this Shane Steichen offense. And by the way, how Shane Steichen liked to use his personnel, which was similar in that of a very quick, elusive guy that has a release package and able to create separation effortlessly on those intermediate to short routes a la Devontae Smith. I see a lot of those similarities with Josh Downs being able to really take advantage of mass matchups in the slot. I think his role is going to expand. I was encouraged by his NFL debut. I was encouraged by Anthony Richardson's debut against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I think this passing op- this passing game is going to need a number two. Eventually, I do think it is going to be Josh Downs. So he's number five. Again, dart throw, less than 5% couple dollars here or there, but he is somebody that I would be willing to stash away on my bench to see his role expand in an offense that I think is going to continue to get better and better throughout the season. Alex, let's throw it over to you. Who is your number five wide receiver to pick up this week? Yeah, my number five is Jaden Reed for the Packers. And I think it's just because I think that his role could expand throughout the season. We've seen both Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs have multiple injuries, you know, over the last year since they started playing in the NFL. And there's a real chance that Jaden Reed could rise to the top of the wide receiver rankings on this team very early. He was the most targeted wide receiver in the first game, tied with Romeo Dubs, who did have two touchdowns. But ultimately, I'm I'm not a huge believer in Romeo Dubs anymore. And I thought that Jaden Reed, with how high they drafted him, with the role that we saw him already in week one, and similar to what Derek talked about with Josh Downs, that the role is only going to expand throughout the season. So when I'm talking about purely chasing upside and taking a late-round flyer, I think Jaden Reed's the perfect example of someone that could take over and end up as the wide receiver one if Christian Watson you know, struggles with injuries the whole year. I love Jaden Reed coming out of Michigan State. I think that he does have the talent to be a target hog over the middle of the field. Was talking about him as a late-round flyer this entire year, so I love the call there. He did leave yesterday's game with, uh, with an injury at one point, but did come back, so sounds like he avoided major injury. He'll be back out there in week two. Derek, let's throw it back over to you. Uh, Your number four wide receiver to target. Yeah, the last thing we need is another injury to the Packers wide receiver room, right? Um, So (laughs) I'll actually pivot, though. Another team that's not a very exciting pass offense, but I could see his role expand is Tank Dell. And again, Dell, we saw him flash in the very first preseason game. People lost their stuff. I was, you know, saying, okay, we'll pump the brakes here a little bit. But, you know, C.J. Stroud, you know, throwing 44 passes. I don't know if that's going to be a season high, but if that's going to continue, then it's, is it really that out of the realm of possibility that we see tank Dell, you know, getting somewhere between, you know, six to nine targets on a weekly basis in in deep PPR leagues uh, with his playmaking skill set, And again, his versatility, as far as where you can move him in the formation, I can see his role expanding in a team in an offense that doesn't really truly have a solidified number one. Yeah, sure. It was a nice debut by Nico Collins and Robert Woods, but I still think Dell has the skill set that could see him expand his role throughout the season in an offense that threw the ball way more than I expected in week number one. So tank Dell's number four for me. All right, let's throw it back over to you, Alex. Who is your number four wide receiver to pick up? Yeah, my number four, this this one is not one I ever thought I would be using again on a waiver podcast, but it's got to be Zay Jones for me. I, I think that I was somebody that was really interested in Christian Kirk, and Christian Kirk probably is going to be fine. 
But the more bigger part of this is the fact that Trevor Lawrence just looked like unbelievable. He took a big jump forward last year. It looks like he's set to take another jump again. And then when you throw in the fact that we saw in the preseason that Christian Kirk was the guy on that team that came off the field for two wide receiver stats and Zay Jones stayed on. So when Zay Jones already finished as a top 28 wide receiver, I think last year's the wide receiver 26. And the fact that he's staying on the field, he's continuing to produce with Trevor Lawrence and him and Calvin Ridley were the only players to see more than five targets in that game. He had seven. I think that they do want to use Zay Jones. That's what we've heard. And not a lot of people believed it, but the reports all offseason have said that they really, really like Zay Jones. And what we saw early was production in a passing offense where he has a chance to be the number two guy. Um, that's something I'm definitely be willing to buy. All right, let's keep it moving here. Derek, your number three wide receiver to pick up. You know, it's hard to believe that two wide receivers for the Los Angeles Rams posted over 100 yards in week number one. Did not see that happening. Did not see that coming. I thought this offense was really going to struggle, and in particular through the air, without the services of Cooper Cup. But at number three, I, I want to try to get a share of one of the top you know, two guys from this weekend in that passing attack. Tutu Atwell is at number three for me. And I know that we're probably going to talk about another guy here pretty shortly, but I was very encouraged by what I saw from Tutu Atwell. He looked spry. He looked quick. He just created separation. He was there regularly and had reliable hands. Uh, can't say the same about Van Jefferson. So for me, if, if we're trying to throw darts at this Rams offensive um, wide receiver room, He's certainly worth a look. Uh, probably more around like 10%, though, as far as my fab going towards Tutu Atwell. It, it's it's funny. You've got Josh Downs, Tank Dell, and Tutu Atwell. I think those three players combined have a weight of like 400 pounds, like combined. <laughs> like <laughs> These are some of the smallest guys in the NFL. But no, Tutu Atwell produced yesterday. You can't ignore that. Let's throw it back over to you, Alex, your number three wide receiver to pick up. My number three wide receiver is Rashid Shahid. And I know immediately people are like, okay, Alex, that's the wide receiver three on that team. Why are we talking about this? But I think that he is going to take over as the wide receiver two over Michael Thomas. We have not seen Michael Thomas produce over even half a season since 2019. That was four years ago. He looked great in week one, but it is week one. And Rashid Shahid outproduced him. He was really efficient over the last few weeks last year. A lot of people were saying that it was just fake production. They had no one else to throw to. And then what do we see? He went out, competed with Chris Olave and Michael Thomas in week one and produced really, really well. They used him out of the backfield. He had over 100 total yards on eight touches. And I think that his role could continue to grow, especially again, similar to the off season dr like drum beat that I keep talking about over and over and guys that end up producing after we've heard rumblings all off season, Rashid Shahid is definitely that guy for me where he was really efficient last year. He was efficient in yards per route run and PFF grades, whatever you want to name it. And then what did he do? He picked up right back where he left off. And I think this is going to be a pretty explosive passing attack that he could find himself into the number two role in. I, I mean, you look at 17 uh, half PPR points yesterday up against the Tennessee Titans. That was Derek Carr's first game playing with these guys, right? Like he had a preseason you know, drive. And that was pretty much it for Derek Carr here. That's only that chemistry is only going to continue as we move along. So I think this falls more in line of that long-term outlook, that long-term projection. Are you going to confidently start Rashid Shahid next week as a top 36 wide receiver? No, probably not. But he does need to be picked up and stashed on your bench there because of what he could be over the course of this entire season. Derek, let's throw it back over to you. Number two wide receiver. We had Alex talk about a Green Bay Packers wide receiver. You're going to talk about another one here. Yeah, so uh, again, the stat line doesn't look great, but heading into the week, Romeo Dobbs was dealing with a hamstring injury and 
I'm glad that he got through and it didn't seem like he suffered any sort of significant setback. So four catches, 26 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, not a great line if he doesn't find the end zone twice. But I do believe as much as I like Jaden Reed and Christian Watson was one of my breakout guys, Dobbs made my all sleeper team because I do believe he's going to see plenty of run in this offense. He's going to be on the field. He's going to see a high route participation. Um, and certainly he has a, a skill set that is very complimentary. He can get vertical in his own right. I like what I saw from him. And he seems to be have the trust of Jordan Love in the red zone uh, and targeting him in the end zone. So I'm, I'm all with Romeo Dobbs being a guy that's a high priority uh, ad at the wide receiver position. Um, so yeah, probably somewhere around 20% of my fab budget. I'd be okay. I think that he's going to have a role all season long. Alex, let's throw it back over to you. Your number two wide receiver to pick up. It's got to be Jacoby Myers. I mean, Jacoby Myers in his, is in his fifth year in the NFL and he has increased his fantasy points per game every single year of his career he said back to back top 36 finishes at the wide receiver position and what did we see in week one he was targeted on 10 of his 24 routes as a 43 percent target per route run rate which is ridiculous you consider the fact that he's playing with josh mcdaniels who he had a lot of success with back in new england helped develop him and then you throw in the fact that he's now playing as a full-time outside wide receiver and people always think of him as a slot receiver but Last year, among all NFL wide receivers, he was second in yards per route run in running outside routes. That's where he played this week, and we saw him shine. Do I think that he's going to take over as the wide receiver one over Devontae Adams? Absolutely not. But this is a guy that is continuing to ascend and is on an offense that is going to use him as a clear top two option. And I think if this offense continues to run through just these two receivers, that Jacoby Myers can have some really productive weeks going forward. So we are recording this here Monday morning at, it is now 9.30. Uh, so Jacoby Myers obviously left yesterday's game with that con potential concussion. It has not yet been updated here. You might have more information about Jacoby Myers as you're listening to this than what we have currently. But assuming that Jacoby Myers is perfectly fine and that he is ready to roll for week two, yeah, I'm in complete agreement, Alex. Much to my chagrin for how much crap I have given Kyle Sapi on this podcast for loving Jacoby Myers. I do think that he is absolutely worth a pickup. He got more of an opportunity here this week than I definitely anticipated. Let's go to number one wide receiver to pick up on the week. I have a feeling you both have the same name here. Yeah, I and by the way, yeah, Kyle Sapi's never going to let me live anything no. down. I mean, just one week of Jacoby Myers was enough for him to validate his, um, you know, takes on him all preseason. So congrats, though. I mean, Jacoby Myers, I, he was, I think, owned it in 50% of Yahoo leagues. It was right there on the bubble. So I didn't know if I was allowed to put him on this list, but absolutely a high priority pickup. Number one's Puka Nakua. Do, I, do we need to say anything more? I mean, he what a performance to start the season. And uh, he was a nice sleeper option if you were like in a pinch because you didn't have Cooper Cup or any of the other slate of injuries that took place heading into week number one, Christian Watson or, or Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey, whatever. Boy, you know, 10 catches for 119 yards. That is a heck of a rookie debut. And I, when Sean McVay said he was going to be an immediate contributor in this offense, I was a little skeptical. Yeah, now I'm a, I'm a full-on believer. I already liked him coming out of BYU. And, you know, he looks like he's firmly planted in this offense. So he is definitely number one on my list, even more so than Tutu Atwell. Alex, let's talk about Puka Nakua here. 
Yeah, I think Puga Nakua was somebody that I was already – I have a lot in, in my dynasty leagues because he was such a late-round pick, and he's someone that has just confirmed my confirmation bias of what we could potentially see from him. I, mean, I think a lot of people don't know that of every wide receiver drafted this year, even though he went in the fifth round, he had the second highest yards per route run of any wide receiver not named Jackson Smith and Jigba. I mean, he was phenomenal in college, but played on a really not so great BYU team. And I think that he is someone that showed that, again, if he was given a bigger role, he would produce. And what did he do in week one? He did exactly that. I think Derek made a lot of good points on him. He is my number one waiver wire pickup, period, regardless of position. And I'm really excited to see how this role in this offense continues with or without Cooper Cup there. All right. Some of the other wide receivers here, and I will make it three for three. Puka Nakua is my wide receiver one waiver wire pickup on the week. Uh, some other wide receivers to consider picking up that we did not talk about here. Allen Robinson does become at least an intriguing full PPR option. If Deontay Johnson is going to miss some time here, Darnell Mooney saw, you know, a, a substantial workload here in week one, obviously reeled in the touchdown. Kendrick Bourne is someone that, again, I, I talked about Joshua Kelly as someone that just annually we're talking about on a waiver wire podcast Kendrick Bourne is just we can name this the Kendrick Bourne podcast uh talking about waiver wire pickups he's someone that I've seen this before I've done this before he explodes in week one and then just disappears so not someone that I am necessarily looking to pick up there other names Josh Reynolds Marquez Valdez Scantling Rasheed Rice they fall outside of that top five category players that you can pick up and stash if you've got the space but you should be going after some of these other names let's fly through these quarterback and tight end waiver wire pickups on the week these are guys that you know you're looking at players that you can pick up off of the waiver wire to stream in a good match of players that are widely available. Alex, I'm going to start with you on this one. Who is a quarterback that is worth looking at in week two due to their matchup that you can find on waiver wires everywhere? I have two, and I think I have to pull my crystal ball out for this one and just go right to the super frustrated week one overreacting fantasy football managers that will be dropping Geno Smith and Daniel Jones. That after one week, people are already going to give up on them and say that they aren't going to be good anymore. It's going to happen. And I think those are the perfect guys that I like in their week two matchups. I mean, Geno Smith, who is going to be going against the Lions, I think that they're set up for a much better game against some pretty weak Lions corners. Or Daniel Jones, I think, would be my preferred target if people drop him. Again, people forget that he was a top 10 quarterback last year. Brian Dable has only elevated his quarterbacks that he has played with so far. And I think that, again, when Daniel Jones gets a get-right matchup, against the Cardinals who made Sam Howell look like <laughs> Superman. I am all in on some Daniel Jones this week if he falls on the waiver wire. All right, Derek, let's throw it back over to you, a player that you can find 50% of available in Yahoo leagues or around there. Who is a player that you were looking to pick up? Yeah, um, Jared Goff kind of stands out to me just because the Seattle Seahawks got torched on the back end by the Cooper Cupless Los Angeles Rams through the air. It didn't look like they could get to Matthew Stafford, which, by the way, that offensive line is a work in progress. Now you're going up against the Detroit Lions offensive line, which is one of the better units in the National Football League. Um, so, yeah, I, I really think that the Seattle or the uh, matchup uh, against the Seattle Seahawks really favors Jared Goff in week number two. All right, let's go to tight end waiver wire pickups here. Derek, I'm going to throw it back over to you. Who is a player that is worth looking at? Uh, streaming at the position based on their week two matchup. Yeah, I was, as you know, I've been banging the drum of Luke Musgrave pretty much the entire NFL preseason. And I was encouraged by his, by his route participation, his involvement in the week one passing game, even though he didn't find the end zone, he 
probably should have found the end zone on one of his receptions. Uh, three catches, 50 yards, very encouraged. Uh, you know, heading into week number two against the Atlanta Falcons, uh, who I believe surrendered a touchdown to Hayden Hurst, if I'm remembering correctly yep. off the top of my head. I didn't watch a ton of that Atlanta Carolina game, but I saw enough. To... What's that? You didn't miss much. Okay, I did. <laughs> right, I didn't expect. I didn't expect a whole lot of offense from the Carolina Panthers, but what they did get came somewhat from the tight end position. Again, we don't know if Christian Watson is going to be available in week number two. I expect another, you know, flex worthy fringe top twelve option at tight end for from Luke Musgrave in week number two. Uh, yes, that was Hayden Hurst that scored that touchdown because he yeeted the ball into the stands. That was Bryce Young's first uh, NFL touchdown. You just chuck that ball right into the stands. Uh, they got to they got to go find that. Uh, Alex, who is a tight end worth looking at on the waiver wire here this week? Oh, my tight end probably has to be sticking with the rookies, and I'm going to go with Sam Laporta, another second round drafted tight end that I think could be really really interesting. Because I think one of the things that people don't realize about Sam Laporta, and even though he had five catches for 39 yards, doesn't seem like much. That was the most catches for a rookie tight end debut since T.J. Hawkinson. All the way back in 2019, we don't see tight ends get involved that early, that quickly. And what did we see right away? It was Sam Laporta doing just that. He's a really great matchup against the Seahawks, who, like Derek mentioned, just got torched in week one. Historically, over the last three years, have had a really poor tight end defense. And I think that Sam Laporta could continue what we saw from week one and be productive again in week two. And I don't think a lot of people are going to be grabbing him. He's probably going to be free on most waiver wires. All right, other names here to consider. Uh, I talked about Hunter Henry as a late-round option there uh, in a lot of our mock draft episodes. Six targets, five receptions, 56 yards, and the touchdown there, someone that I'm absolutely comfortable targeting. He is my number one pickup on the week. Uh, and then also, you mentioned Hayden Hurst. He is someone that you should be looking at as well, just based on the injuries there in that offense to the wide receiver position. I think that he has a very good chance to lead this team. I tweeted this out in June. I think he has a very good chance to lead this entire team in targets here in week one, or uh, this season in 2023. So, Hayden Hurst there as an option to look at as well. DST, uh, Alex, no analysis here, just a DST option that you can look at in week two. Yeah, I think a DST that I'd be looking for is going back to the Giants. And I know that people are not going to want to be picking this team up after they just got torched by the Cowboys. But again, I'm a big believer in NFL rebounds. That was probably the most embarrassing loss of probably every player. I hope the most embarrassing loss of every player on that team's career. I think this defense is going to be a middle-of-the-pack defense for the entire year. The commanders looked like they were dominating against the Cardinals for most of the day. I think the Giants come back with a little fire in their gut. Um, and they come out and play really well in week two. All right, Derek, your DST to pick up here this week. Who are we looking at? You know, it's always a good idea to target the Arizona Cardinals right now as any streaming defense, but in particular, a team that just got humiliated on national television. So I, I'm, I'm with you there on the Giants with a bounce back performance. But how about rolling with a defense that looked phenomenal in week number one, arguably the best in the entire league, and that was the Cleveland Browns. I mean, they held Joe Burrow, who was active, to only three points in the season opener. I, I mean, need I say any more? Uh, and right now they're going to be matching up against a Pittsburgh Steelers offense that only generated a grand total of seven points against the San Francisco 49ers. So, you know, could the Steelers have a bounce-back performance? Sure, maybe, but from what we saw this Browns defense due to Joe Burrow and company. 
I think that they're for real. So let's, uh, I'm willing to, to double down on it and think that they're going to have another pretty good week against Kenny Pickett uh, in week number two. Yeah, I like that call here. All right, let's wrap it up here with top 10 overall waiver wire rankings. We've talked about the positional players. We've talked about where they land in within their own position. Let's talk about the overall list here. Alex, I'm going to throw this here to you first. Go ahead and just in a list format, walk down from number 10 down to number one. So starting at number 10, I would go with Jaden Reed. My number nine would be Joshua Kelly. My number eight would be Zay Jones. Seven, Kenny Gainwell. Six, Rashid Shaheed. Getting into my top five. Five would be Justice Hill. Four, Jacoby Myers. Three, Kyron Williams. Two, Roshan Johnson. Number one, waiver wire pick of the week has got to be Puka Nakua. All right, Derek, let's throw it to you. Your top 10 overall waiver wire rankings. Yeah, I, I know we didn't really get a chance to talk about, you know, some quarterbacks, but Jordan Love is somebody that actually cracks my top 10 because I be, I've been a believer in this Packers offense and certainly love great debut in 2023. We'll see if he builds off of it. Number 10, Kyron Williams at nine, Tank Dell at eight, Joshua Kelly at seven, Tutu Atwell at six, Gus Edwards at five, Romeo Dobbs at four, Roshan Johnson at number three, but he should already be on your team. And number two, Puka Nakua. And number one, I've got Kenneth Gainwell. Uh, I, I think that his value in this Philadelphia backfield, potentially leading it the entire season, should bring fantasy dividends at a position that can be a little scarce. All right, there it is. Week two waiver wire rankings podcast in the books here. Remember, if you we're recording this here Monday morning, 9 a.m. So we're going to get a lot of shifting and shaking here with some of the news that comes out, injury news, stuff like that. So make sure the PFN Fantasy Discord, absolutely free to join. The link for that is here in your description. If you want to ask us some waiver wire questions, absolutely jump into there. Additionally, Kyle Sapi will be on YouTube, youtube.com slash at PFN Fantasy tomorrow, Tuesday at 1 p.m. to make sure that you can get your uh, waiver wire questions answered there as well. So we're going to have the information. We're going to update you. This is really just time kind of talk through the initial landscape, but obviously things will change here as we move over the next 48 hours before waiver wire claims need to be submitted. Alex, thank you so much for jumping onto the podcast here. Why don't you let everyone know where they can find and follow you on social media and what you got going on this year that people need to know about. Yes, you can follow me at Alex Caruso on Twitter or at Alex Caruso NFL on TikTok or Instagram, posting short videos pretty much every day of the season. But the biggest thing, if you're interested in player props, I have a newsletter called The Daily Prop. Put in these player props in your inbox every single day to give you the best chance to beat the books. But Kyle, appreciate you having me. It was really great to talk to you on the podcast today, and I hope to see you guys again soon. Absolutely. Thanks so much. All right, that will do it for Alex Caruso and Derek Tate. I'm Kyle Yates, and we'll see you next time.